Hello, and welcome to Lift, a parenting podcast where we ask the questions about family and faith. Listen, parenting takes a lot of heavy lifting, both in physical, spiritual, emotional ways. Raising a family is hard work, and some of us are doing it as a single parent. Some of us are working with a spouse, but all of us have questions every day. Are we screwing up our kids, our marriage, our relationships? And this podcast will ask the questions that can guide us to finding a rhythm and creating space for God in our home. This is our final episode of season five, where we have been discussing parenting with perspective. And today we're talking about the final chapter, chapter 11, you will need a village. Um, it's funny as before we introduce my guest, I gave her a couple options. Like, which one do you want to speak to? She was like, that one. So I'm really <laughs> excited about today. So can you introduce yourself? I am Shauna Lewis, licensed professional counselor supervisor. Um, I am the program manager over Beacon of Light, a mental health ministry here at St. Andrew. Um, I have a background in uh, working with adolescents and their families, as well as crisis intervention is my main expertise. Yeah. So we have just gotten to know each other, but every conversation we've had has just felt very natural. And I'm just so excited to continue to work with you in the future. And all the things with Beacon of Light, I just I can't wait to see um, how it transforms a community. Yeah, it's so exciting the impact that I think that we could have and yeah. it's uh it's definitely I think transformation. Yeah, is exactly. A good word. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm super excited. All right, so every chapter in this book starts with scripture, so I thought I'd start reading that and then we can kind of think through what it is. And this one's pretty simple. It's Ephesians 2 verse 10, mm-hmm. just one sentence. Two are better than one because they have good good reward for their toll. What does that say to you when it comes through the lens of parenting? I just, I, I, you know, as humans, I think that we are meant to be <laughs> in community with other people, and 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 that's a that's definitely a message from our Maker, right? Is that you're you're meant to be in community with people, and either if you're a parent of two or a parent or single parent, um, but you know, having grandparents and aunts and uncles and and your church community surrounding you while you're raising your kids is is just a, an important piece of the puzzle. I couldn't do it without it. You know, I grew up. Um, one little fun fact about me is I don't have any cousins, mm-hmm. which is kind of a odd, yeah. a rare thing, yeah. I guess. But I also grew up away from our family. So my mom mm-hmm. grew up up north. My dad grew up in a different city. And we moved to the DFW Metroplex. And so we didn't have any family mm-hmm. around us. Yeah. And so our neighbors became our family. Yes. And mm-hmm. like there's um, David and Juana. They were my adopted grandparents. And they came in. So... Even though we didn't have that community, because now I'm kind of the opposite. Mm -hmm. My husband and I grew up in the Metroplex. Both of our parents live here. All of our siblings live Mm -hmm. here. It's kind of like we went from one extreme to the other. But still in that, there's people who we've created in our midst that we can call at 3 o'clock in the morning and either family or not family to help support us. Because I can't imagine doing life without that support system. Yeah. I call those people my ring through people. Mm. So <laughs> they're on emergency bypass on my phone. So yeah, if, same. Um, I'm on that list for some of my be- my best friends that yeah. don't have family in the area. And, and they, um, they're like, okay, you're on the emergency list to pick Lydia up. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> if, right. From school, if, um, you know, if we're not able to. And, yeah. And those types of things. 
Yeah. I think it's important to have those those emergency bypass people. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay, so this first section of this chapter chapter i'm going to say that again the first section of this chapter talks about who is your partner in parenting um we kind of talked about it but why is it important to have a partner when it comes to this parenting journey yeah you know to know that you're not crazy (laughs) i I think you know like to to have that sounding board Mm -hmm. like okay am i losing my mind is this not as big of a deal as i'm making it sometimes i think sometimes we uh, we get in these places of Okay, I, I am I I'm like this is a really strong feeling that I have about this. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate for the situation? Mm-hmm. Like and bouncing that off either, you know, either a spouse or a partner or you know even a, a friend or a grandparent or someone that okay, I am really angry about what this happened or yeah. or are my expectations too high or you know just bouncing those things off or they're doing this and, and I don't want to overreact, you know, right. so let me vent to it about you first and then I'll talk to them about yes. it. Just having that, those people in your life that you can call and, and talk through things with, mm-hmm. um, especially with teenagers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's talk about this with somebody else before I go talk to it about them so I can figure out what I want to say yeah. and what sounds good and what doesn't sound good and those yeah. types of things. I think that that's just imperative. As you were talking about, I, two examples came to mind first. So, um, I have two boys and sports Mm -hmm. weren't a rhythm of my life growing up. So Mm -hmm. it's like a new rhythm that I'm learning and I'm loving it and whatever. But I remember it was kindergarten, first grade, somewhere in the early years. And we're on a baseball team. And I came home and I was like, I don't know if I'm overreacting, but I really didn't like the way the coach was doing this. Like these kids are six. Give me a break. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my best friend who grew up in sports, she was there. She was like, yeah, I didn't really like him either. I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And so we both decided Dan, who's my husband, was going to the next practice. Because he is like, grew up in sports and has this like even keel, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. calm opposite of Kim Myers. You that is who I married. Yes. Everybody needs one yes. of those people. Yes. <laughs> and so I, will, I was like, okay, you're going to the next practice. So he goes and he comes home. He was like, that was way too much. And I was like, okay, com- confirmation yeah. that this is just, you yeah. know, this kid, you know, and it wasn't a great, we chose to keep moving forward on the team and it wasn't, it wasn't great. But again, I I thought I'm totally overreacting in this situation mm-hmm. and gathered information from others, yes. right? But, and then oh, in the teenage years, hmm, which I'm living, <laughs> um, I, I have different friends that I call for different reasons. Yes. Like sometimes I call one of my friends and I'm like, okay, am I being too pastorly, too churchy in this situation? Because sometimes I get mad about stuff like And they're like, no, no. Or some days, I remember once I was mad that there was a game on Good Friday. And she was like, you're going to have to take a breath. The rest of the world doesn't work at a church. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, but it, <laughs> it gave me that perspective yes that perspective always of, having another perspective is, yeah is it is it's priceless in a lot of situations yeah yeah and it does i'm a processor i love to talk through things and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and you're right if mm-hmm. I, I i always you know my husband's my number one and that's something i've had to work on there are times in life where i would go to others and mm-hmm. you know he became number two and that's we've always had to work on that but um, it's because I talk so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I think he's tired of this. But that processing has helped me 
parent well. Mm-hmm. Um, say one thing that's been consistent in all the podcast is how do we do this better? How can we, and it's time. And that's what this community gives you mm-hmm. is time to think through. Mm-hmm. And even if you're still angry by the time you get to the situation, you're not as angry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you have figured out what not to say, hopefully by that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I think that that's a, always a, you know, I, I do a lot with family communication. Yeah. Um, so much. And, and I'm constantly teaching how to validate each other's feelings and it's okay to feel our feelings. Um, uh, and to use I feel statements and, mm-hmm. you know, instead yeah. of, um, you this and you that, you know, it just turn, it just shuts down a conversation when we start a sentence with you. And so that family communication and validating each other's feelings and, and it's okay to be angry. Right. It's absolutely okay to be angry. I, I feel angry right now. Right. But I, I know we need to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Well, okay. So we've, again, all of these sections kind of bleed into mm-hmm. one another because the next section is talking about real friends. Mm. And I'll say I, I have a pocket of them. I have a pocket of just real people that I can be 100% real with. And I would assume in your role as a counselor and like my role as a pastor, people are guarded with what they say around us, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to make friends as an adult. It is. So where do we find these real friends that this chapter is talking about? Yeah, I think I think church is a, a, I have several people that I've met at church Mm -hmm. um, that have become real friends um, and that they let me in. Uh, right. You know, right. Uh, <laughs> they're like, okay, I know you're a counselor, but blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> like, I think that that's the, um, that's a piece of it. Right. They have to learn that I'm definitely a, a genuine, authentic person. Mm-hmm. I'm not, there's no judgment. I, it's just me right. all the time. Even when I'm a counselor, right. it's still just genuinely me. Right. Um, so I think church, um, some of my closest friends I've met at work. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, at my different jobs over the years, I, um, I worked at hospital for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of my closest friends I met there. Right. Um, and, and they, most of them all have kids now. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, being that person for them, but it's also, you know, as a, as a counselor, sometimes real friends are, are your, other counselors sometimes. Oh, you'd have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just because they understand on a, on a little bit different level. Yeah. But, um, but my best friends, it's funny. I have a handful of friends from high school even. Wow. That I've known for, you know, yeah. 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, that they've seen all of the, mm-hmm. all of the stuff of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to, mm-hmm. um, so, it's a little, it's a sprinkle of church. It's a sprinkle of high school. It's a college. Yeah. And then, um, and you know, current jobs and right. different things. So I, I feel like it's a, there's not just one place to find real friends. I think you can find them anywhere you're looking, but yeah. oftentimes we don't always seek it. <laughs> you know, one of my close friends now, we joke because when we met, our boys were um, in high school, freshmen in high school. And neither one of us wanted another friend. Like, you know, like yes. I wasn't looking to make enough. Yes. And we joke now because we were like, yeah, I think I kind of like this person. But now, like, you know, and we've become really good friends, you mm-hmm. know. But there was, I mean, there was a definite moment where I had to be like, okay, like this person, 
is good to be in my life and this person is necessary in my life, you know? Well, I, I think that creating new friends or real friends takes vulnerability. Yeah. And real friendships are built in vulnerability in our most vulnerable moments. Yeah. And um, that is not what we want to do most of the time. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. And I think also, right, building that into your family's life when this when you need a village, mm-hmm. I think – as humans, <laughs> we need a village the most in our highs and our lows, mm-hmm. but really we need them on a Tuesday also. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I had one of those days yesterday where I had eight meetings back to back to back, mm. right? And it was just, I had taken a week off. Monday was a holiday. Like, it was a product of just life. But I just got to call my friend last night at 930 and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so like it was a great day, but Mm -hmm. and it was just a random Tuesday where I needed that place to just kind of process and vent about nothing, really Mm -hmm. just life. Exactly. You know, Well, and those friends that like check in. Yes. I haven't heard from you all day. You good? Yes. Or I haven't talked to you in a few days or you doing okay? Yeah. No, that's good. Especially. Yeah. yeah, And all the things. So the community that you surround yourself with and your family with is important. Um, Why does it really matter? You know, it's a protective factor. Hmm. I call it a protective factor. And and mainly that comes from my crisis intervention background. Like what's going to protect someone from ending their life, really? Okay. When I think about that, like what is – and, and a protective factor can be lots of things, but your support people, are, and if you have support people, that's a huge protective factor. Yeah. Um, whether or not I'm going to send a kid home or not, uh, instead of sending them to the hospital, is the su- is support. Yeah. Um, and so I think that having those people, it's so important. Um, Maslow's hierarchy need comes to mind. You know, uh, after w- food, shelter, water. The next thing that we need is love and belonging mm. as humans. And so love and belonging is a basic need. And so if you feel love and you feel like you belong somewhere, that's a protective factor. Wow. And so if we have other adults in our lives, if we have adults in our lives that care about us, especially our kids in a family, if I know that I can call my mom's best friend, you know, or mm-hmm. I can call my dad's, you know, brother, whoever, right. right. That I, it's not just, maybe I don't feel comfortable talking to my parents about this thing, but I have other trusted adults in my life mm-hmm. that I can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge thing. It, it's, it's vitally important um, to have that village, to know that your kids have other adults in their lives that are trusted, not just friends. At, at you know, adolescents tend to talk to their friends the most. That's a typical yeah. adolescent development piece. Right. But I think that they know when things are too serious for just my my right. friends um, or they don't want to be a burden to their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and having those extra people yeah. in your life in their lives that they know that they've been to church with every Sunday for the, their whole lives mm-hmm. who you know or that they know that that neighbor next door that they you know call. they sit out in the driveway with and talk you know whatever it might be right um though that's protective factors for kids and adults right having people in your life is that love and belonging that that I think that God intended for us 
Absolutely. Right. We're created yeah. to be in community. That's how yeah. this podcast started. You know, um, there was a book I read a while back um, by Carrie Newhoff, and it was a it was actually a parenting book. He's moved to the leadership spectrum of the world, but it talked about having a, a web mm-hmm. around your children, a safety mm-hmm. net. And what I loved about the perspective that he gave that I've tried to do with my boys is like actively speak about who that is in mm-hmm. their life. Yes. Because one thing I noticed when we actively talked about who are the other adults that you would reach out to, um, the ones in my head and their head didn't always match, right? Like I had one that was mm-hmm. active in our lives, very, but he was another pastor. Mm-hmm. And my boys were like, listen, if I'm at a party and I've made some bad choices, I don't want to call them. Mm -hmm. I want to call somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it was like this, oh, they were like, I want that person in my life and that person's important for my life. But I don't think I'm going to call them in that situation. I'm Mm -hmm. like, great. Who would you call other than me? And so they were, you know, just talking through that was um, naming that. And then the next step was naming it to the adults. Yes. And saying, listen, my kid really respects you and trusts you. Can I make sure that your number's in their phone? Mm -hmm. And in that, I'm saying, I also respect and trust you. Because, I mean, one of the other flips was one of the people that they brought up. I was like, "Mm." I mean, they're lots of fun and they're great to be a part of our family, but I'm not sure if that's the person I want you to go to for life advice. Right. Right. Like right. that's the person you go to the movies with. Yes. Um, but it was good, open conversation, you know, and as I'm saying this out loud, I'm thinking um, my son's a senior and a sophomore. We should probably revisit those conversations to make sure that people, you know, they have the people as much <clears throat> as I think they might. Yeah. Exactly. And and it is. I love that having open conversations about it. Um, typically, I mean, by the time they get to me, it's a crisis <laughs> intervention plan. Who's on your list? Right. You know, um, right. But um, like, OK, if you're not feeling safe, who are you going to call mm-hmm. um, by the time it gets to my level? Right. But, you know, even, you know. I am on many of those lists for other people mm-hmm. and in my personal life, but I'm also on those lists for all my clients. Right. And that's okay too. Like to have a counselor as part of your village, even if it's in a, on a professional level mm-hmm. is a fantastic thing. I, I think that we wait often too long to seek counseling, to seek a therapist, um, to, to seek that help. And then by that time, it is a crisis. By that time, things are falling apart. Whereas, you know, there's some preventative nature to having a counselor. Oh, I noticed their mood is starting to change and, you know, Mm -hmm. their grades are dropping or something to that effect. Or they're sleeping a lot more than they used to. Right. But there are certain, um, you know, not waiting until it gets that point to put a counselor into your village. Yeah. Um, I. I did. I truly believe that, and I believe that before I came became a counselor. <laughs> um, but I, I I love being a part of people's villages, yeah. and it 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 brings me joy and purpose, and and I think that it's an important piece too. Absolutely, um, my counseling appointment is one of the best hours of my week or month, depending on the cycle of life, and mm-hmm. it's good for all of us, my whole family, like for me to go and just process things with somebody outside of my my realm Mm -hmm. you know um and i'm just i I feel the need to share a personal story right now but 
I do think it's important to build that web around our yeah. children. Um, my youngest son, and I share this with his permission, he struggles with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And his web of friends who then reached out to adults who then reached out to me saved him, mm-hmm. saved him in Absolutely. a crisis moment. And um, I've said this for years, um, but kids don't go to their parents yeah. in those moments. They go to other kids who, you know, and that's natural and that's mm-hmm. normal. Now, living through that as a parent, I had judgment on myself and why didn't they, you know, and, but mm-hmm. they, they, they want to protect us just as much as they, we want to protect them. And if it wasn't for the village that had surrounded the community, um, it could have been a really different story that I'm telling today. And I will forever be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't say that to scare people or to f- fear people. I say it to be thankful mm-hmm. for that community that has continued um, to surround my family, you know, Absolutely. and I, I can do things in a different way as a parent, knowing I'm not alone in that journey. Yes, you're not alone. Yeah. And I, and you know, that what came up for me when you were telling, I've heard that you've told mm-hmm. me that before, but I, um, is knowing your kids' friends. Right. I think that that's also a piece of the puzzle. Like your friends' kids are part of your village too. Right. Um, or kids' friends. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> knowing your friend, your kids' friends are important for that reason too. Like maybe if mm-hmm. your kid reaches or, you know, has an outcry to one of their friends and they know you, right. they're going to be like texting you or right. calling you or stopping by and saying, hey, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or they might tell their parents and their parents could tell you too. Like it sounds like is what happened in your situation. Right. But um, I know um, a lot of kids that are – you know, are comfortable with their friends' parents. Right. And that is a wonderful thing. Having them over to your house, making your house be the the house where the kids come and hang out and yeah. And, you know, giving them snacks and checking in on them and, and those types of things. And, you know, and for teenagers, that's harder. They they don't want to hang out at home most of the time. Right. But um but I think that it is good that when I was you were telling that story, I, I thought of that that too. Yeah. Just um, knowing your when I started parenting, I wanted to be the fun house. Um, and I just, I haven't lived up to that expectation of, of the fun house. I don't supply things that are fun <laughs> <laughs> um, in society's norms. But I, I have become the safe house. That's awesome. And I will take that every day mm-hmm. um, that kids will trust my children. They'll trust me. They'll trust my husband. And it's it's that's an honor just as much. As being the fun house, you know, just Absolutely. having a safe place to land. Yeah. I think we all need that. Yes, ma'am. And kids don't admit that they need that. I mean, I think back to myself as a teenager and I needed, oh God, I needed all of the the nets possible, but I would never admit, admit it. it you know? It's just not developmentally what they do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I the typical developing adolescent is is going to um 
to just lean on their friends and be hang out with their friends and not admit when they need their parents' help. No. Um, it's just not where their brain development is. <laughs> right. Like they just don't. Right. Um, and if your kid does that, uh, consider yourself lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like hundred um, percent. So absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're coming to the end. Um, we're going to end in the prayer that this chapter has, but before we do that, I like, this is the hardest question I ask guests. Okay. okay. So if you could tell one thing, to a parent or a child. So first, you have to pick an age group. Okay. And second, if they just listen to this three, five-minute segment of the podcast, what's one thing you want them to know about needing a village, a community? Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to where we started, is that God meant us to be in community um, God meant us to be with others mm-hmm. and that love and belonging is imperative to our growth, our development, um, our sanity. Yeah. Sometimes. So, yeah. um, so I think that that, that village is so important because of that. This is the way God created us. Right. Right. No, I think you're right. Right. It just, it goes back to the very beginning mm-hmm. of needing one another, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. I continue to look forward to working with you and all the things that you're going to do for our church and Super our community. Super exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's close in prayer. This prayer was written by my friend um, and pastor, Reverend Paviel Jenkins. Oh, at my church. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. yeah. All right. Holy God, being a parent is a blessing. It's an incredible experience filled with moments of joy, and it can be exhausting and overwhelming at times. I humbly proclaim that I cannot do it on my own. You created us for community with one another. Open my eyes who were or could be a part of my village. Those who speak love and life into me and my family and pray for us. Those who surround us and stand in the gaps where I fall short. Those who lend a hand and offer to help when I'm tired and in need of a break. Help me to embrace the idea that true truly, truly are better than one. May I lean on those around me and seek out their wisdom. And grant that I might have the courage to be vulnerable and real with them in the ups and downs of life. I thank you that I do not have to go on this journey alone, for you are always with me. And I am grateful for those you sent to walk alongside me, support me, and remind me of your amazing love. Amen. Well, again, if anything tugged on your heart, your mind, or your soul while you were listening to this, know that we are here to do life with you. Um, I don't care if you're a church member of St. Andrew or not. Um, my email's on the website. My phone number's on the website. Um, you can also put the bat light up and I'll give you a call. So thank you so much for listening to this season five of Lyft. We look forward to um, our upcoming season six. We'll um, let you know more about that later. Thanks so much.